the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Silicon Valley Business Connections, brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce, where diversity and opportunity are one. From education to employment, entrepreneurship to innovation, this program is your weekly connection to the latest trends and opportunities taking place all across Silicon Valley. Host Carl Davis Jr. talks to the rock stars of Silicon Valley and offers you engaging interviews and insights from local, regional, and internationally acclaimed business leaders, entrepreneurs, and community leaders to help you stay connected. Now, here's your host, Carl Davis Jr. Hi, I'm Carl Davis Jr. and welcome to Silicon Valley Business Connections. I'm your host, but I'm also the president of the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce, where we help all small businesses start, finance, grow, and even exit their businesses. Our offices are located at 25 North 14th Street, downtown San Jose, or you can reach us via the web at blackchamber.com. My guest today is a good friend of mine, owner and operator of KC Digital Storytellers, Miss Kathy Cotton. How you doing, Kathy? Just fine. Good morning to you, Carl. Well, Kathy, I'm excited to have you on because of the things that you've been doing for our community, and I think it's so important that I want to almost dive into it right away, but I have to let folks know who you are. So tell us a little bit about you, Kathy, like your history and and where you came from and how you got to where you're at. Okay. Well, I'm a native Californian, uh, second generation. I came from uh, Central Valley, lived in, born and raised in Stockton, California, moved to Silicon Valley or what was uh, to become Silicon Valley in the 60s and uh, went to work for a startup called Calma in 1976, got my business degree from San Jose State, mm-hmm. um, worked for several startups and then got uh, a job with Hewlett Packard. And that probably was the biggest company I've ever worked for. But when you work for a small company, you know, you get to do it all. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so Hewlett Packard, even though it was well known and all that, it was a boring, in my opinion, <laughs> a boring job because it was so focused on one thing. Yeah. So I quit and I started my own consulting firm. And I ran that for about 10 years with, uh, and I had three other people, three other partners, and we provided uh, human resources, uh, talent to large companies, large corporations, uh, small companies. And then when that kind of broke up after 9-11, my company kind of mm. lost its way. Mm. Uh, we lost our contracts with the bigger companies, and that's what was keeping us alive. Mm-hmm. I became an ombudsman for small companies like cleaners and real estate offices and loan offices because they couldn't afford a, a human resources person, but I could come in resolve their problems, uh, develop a, um, a book of policy for them, wow. uh, you know, and give them a training, a little training program for their managers, that kind of thing. So that went on for about maybe another five or six years. And then 
but all the while when I'm doing this, I'm always using, I was always using video mm-hmm. to do my training, mm-hmm. uh, to uh, instruct them on uh, products. Like a, if a company had a product they wanted to advertise online, I'd make the, the uh, product video for them. And uh, I just always had an interest in video. And so um, along the way, I was asked to do uh, a documentary. One was for a small band mm-hmm. called Cheese Balls. I did a, <laughs> their 25th anniversary uh, documentary. And then uh, my sister lived in Portland, Oregon, and worked for the school district. Her husband was the photographer for the schools. He asked me to come up and do a documentary on there, uh, on the uh, on a it was the Head Start program was reaching 50 years, mm. and they wanted a pro, you know a documentary to document all of their work. And so I did that, and I thought, wow, this is really interesting. I can tell a story about these people, and you know they they loved it because it was about about them, mm-hmm. and then the community got to learn about all the things that they had done. So I fell in love with documentaries. And, uh, oh, and I failed to mention, too, that while I'm doing this, I was going to Stanford for the summer, taking summer classes on on uh, video um, production, on documentary production, on sound, on whatever it took to make a film. Mm. They would offer it during the summer through this uh, company, called, which has turned into another, uh, it's morphed into a different company, but it was uh, called, um, I'll remember, Digital yeah. uh, Media Academy. Oh, okay. And so I would go, there, and I was always the oldest student in the class, of course. <laughs> <laughs> now, did that make you intimidated? Were you intimidated by it, or were the other students intimidated by you? How did that work? Well, no. Actually, what it was was I learned so much from the students because they mm-hmm. were, it wasn't that they were ahead of me technically, mm-hmm. but they were ahead of me uh, in terms of their imagination and mm. their creativity. Yeah. And so that's what, they they shared their creativity, and then I would show them things that would to speed up their editing process because mm-hmm. I had done so much before. Mm-hmm. And so I end up being almost like one of the instructors in the room, you mm. know, first of all, because I'm as old as old or older <laughs> than the instructors. And then secondly, because I had done so many different things that these uh, students, these young people had hadn't experienced yet. Um, one of my worst experiences, though, is that I was uh, this young gentleman from, uh, he was about 17, 18 years old, from Central Valley was there and sitting next to me, and I was telling him about what I was doing on my project. And we all were given the same material, so we all had to develop something. And uh, so he said, oh, that's interesting. He'd look, and then he'd turn away. Anyway, he had to leave early, so he asked the instructor to show his film first. Mm. And so the instructor showed his film, and it was identical to mine. Huh. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. I could have gotten angry, but I thought, no, that just tells me, uh, hey, I was, I'm better at this than he was. Wow. I taught this kid something. Wow. You know. <laughs> well, you, you know, you opened the door for us to dive into what you're doing now because, uh, you know, when I think about the interview you had with uh, some of the – some of the black, you know, leaders, and you called it like a place at the table. Could you could you share a little bit about how that concept, a place at the table, came about? 
Yes, yes, absolutely. In fact, um, I just this morning I looked at and I found something that kind of inspired me. But anyway, how this happened was, as I said, as I told you, I was uh, doing these documentaries. In fact, I went to the Chamber of Commerce in Fremont and said, anyone in here who wants a uh, uh, public address system, public address uh, video of any kind, I'll do it for free. What I was looking for was business, okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so I could break into this video thing. And so the Head Start program in um, Santa Clara, in San Jose, um, pardon me, Alameda County said, we'd, we'd like something. So I made a video for them. Um, I... So the word got out that I was this video person, but mm-hmm. I'm sitting at home. I'm doing these different type of, I would do vanity videos. I could go to a wedding, go to a birthday party, make a, a vanity video for that family, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm watching television. I had CNN, CNN on the background, and um, this woman, um, I can't remember her name. She's on CNN. She did a whole series on America, and mm-hmm. she did one on Silicon Valley. And she went to a uh, VC of uh, venture capitalist meeting, mm-hmm. and there were no African Americans or Hispanics in the mm-hmm. room. So she says, um, "Why aren't there any Hispanics?" Uh, I know Soledad O'Brien is her name. Mm-hmm. Uh, why aren't there any Hispanics or Blacks in this room? And, and this engineer, uh, white male, with no, without hesitation, said. There are no black engineers or Hispanics. I, I remember that. <laughs> oh it, it it nearly, I, I nearly, I, honestly, I want to run out of the door screaming because that was part of my career in uh, as a in, uh, human resources um, professional was to bring black engineers to this valley. And I knew them personally, you know. Uh, so I thought, how can this be? How can they be so blind? Right. And then I read a book by this young woman. Her name is um, Leslie Berlin. About it's called Troublemakers. This was late, much later. I read this book, and she never mentioned one black person, not one. And it was about the history of of uh, Silicon Valley. Mm. Started back in the '60s. I mean, she had all the right names, but she they were all the white names. Mm. And so I said, you know, the only person I know of that knows enough to do this is me. I've got mm-hmm. I've got the skills and I know the people. So I started asking folks, would you be willing to be interviewed for a possible documentary? Asking my friends, okay? And they said, well, okay. <laughs> and what I discovered was they didn't really understand what they had done themselves. They didn't look at it as uh, something special. They were problem solvers. Mm -hmm. And so they were given a problem and they'd solve it. But they had no idea, like, for instance, Roy L. Clay. Mm -hmm. He was hired by Hewlett-Packard to start their their computer division. Mm -hmm. They had no division. They were an instrument measuring company kind of thing. Right. And so this guy develops their first ever computer. I know. You ask him about this, and he's like, well, you know what I really wanted to be was a math teacher. <laughs> he's not even thinking, you know, that he's that important. And it's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> not only did he, he indel- develop the computer for them, he sold it for them. And then uh, one of the, I think it was... Um, Packard left for mm-hmm. a, bit, a bit to work with um, the government. Mm-hmm. Hewlett was left. 
was there and decided he didn't want to be a computer company anymore. So he tells Roy, uh, we're not going to do this anymore, And uh, but you can continue to develop the computer, but we're not going to sell it or anything. Man, Kathy, you know, I love that story. As a matter of fact, um, this is almost perfect timing. I want to kind of pause a little bit at that juncture, at this <laughs> juncture right now, because... We're almost ready for our second half, Mm. and I just want people to know we're going to leave it right back here. We'll be back in just a minute. You're listening to Silicon Valley Business (laughs) Connections. Join the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce and watch your business grow. Participate in mixers, webinars, and training workshops to help start, finance, and grow your business, all with the help of the Chamber's certified Small Business Development Center's consultants for free. That's right. Sign up for one-on-one help from a certified small business development expert advisor for free. Call 408-288-8806 or visit blackchamber.com. That's blackchamber.com. And now back to Silicon Valley Business Connections. You're listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections, where your success comes from your connections. My guest today is Ms. Kathy Cotton of DC. No, is that DL? DC Digital Storytellers, yes. Casey. Casey, Casey. Yeah, I'm getting at that age where my eyesight is not as good as it used to be. <laughs> no, you're getting vain and won't wear your glasses. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of that, I bet some people heard you in the first half and would like to know how to reach you, Kathy. How would you like people who are listening to our show to connect with you? Well, they can call. They can uh, reach me by calling. Pardon me. They can reach me uh, probably mm-hmm. easier by sending me an email, mm-hmm. and that if they would send it to KC uh, Digital Storyteller at Gmail dot com. You want to say that one more time? Yes, KC Digital Storyteller at Gmail dot com. Now, some people may think that uh, because you talked a lot about video, that maybe that's what they would reach you about, video production, which you still do, right? You do that professionally, right? Oh, yeah, right? I do. Mm-hmm. Okay. I finished two projects. But if people want a story told on them, that's exactly what you do. When I think about this, a place at the table, tell me more about that because you alluded to it on the first half. I want to dive a little bit deeper to a place at the yes. table. Well, A Place at the Table really is talking about the black pioneers that established a place at the table for those that were coming in from, uh, from other places. For instance, the, the historically black colleges were deeply involved with Silicon Valley through Roy L. Clay, who I mentioned before, and through Ken Coleman and uh, the, the whole group, that uh, HR group, that had been formed by Ken and several other people, and it was called Peninsula Association of Black Personnel Administrators. And so we had, we would come together once a month and we'd talk about strategies in terms of successful uh, programs that were being uh, done at other companies that around diversity, around sexual harassment. We talked about all kinds of things. And at any time, you could call any member of that group if you were, you know, new to the Valley or whatever and you needed to find a position or you needed an answer to a question that had come up uh, regarding some HR function. You could call a member of that group and you could get an answer for your, you know, for your dilemma or for your, for your program or whatever. Uh, or you could get someone to come in and assist you or find assistance for you. So it was a really 
helpful group for new folks coming into the valley and for African Americans who were new to the valley. Uh, so that group uh, helped to build a foundation and bring in black folks. And I believe that most of the black people that came from, let's say, the late 60s, like 69, 70, mm-hmm. uh, up until today, were, were highly educated people. They had to have a degree to even come here. Mm-hmm. Because of the nature of the jobs here. I was one of those people. <laughs> IBM, yes. IBM recruited me. There you go. Mm-hmm. And once we got here, a lot of us, we realized our other talents and kind of branched out away from it. But at the same time, uh, we also contributed to the bottom line of some of these companies that are very, very big right now, like Sun Microsystems. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, um, a gentleman by the name of Daryl. Parker, who had a lot to do with development uh, there at Sun Microsystems. Another good um, friend. You know, Daryl's a good friend of mine. Well, they, absolutely. There's another gentleman, uh, Ernest Priestley. Mm-hmm. He, he started four small little companies, but prior to that, he worked at Hewlett Packard. He was also one of the first people to work at um, Wang. I don't know if Wang is still around or not, mm-hmm. but the owners literally recruited him at a job fair. Um, he also helped to build the first monitor for Apple, along with the, I can't remember the gentleman who, who's given credit for it, but mm-hmm. the, he and Ernest worked on that together. So there's a lot of stories like that that are haven't been told, and I hope to get, I've only scratched the surface with this film. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's online, it's a documentary, and anyone can see it. You can rent it now for $2.99. And oh, I'm wow. No, no, no. Let's find out how to do that. How can somebody do that? They can go to Vimeo, V-I-M-E-O, Vimeo.com, backslash, on demand, backslash, and all one word, a place at the table stem. A place at the table stem. S T E M. S T E M. Correct. All one word. No no spaces. And click on that, and that will take you directly to the film on demand. And it's uh, there are two small little um, you know little icons. Call them, uh, icons. Little icons. Yeah. Just the little tiny films, a little talking about. Oh, we have Mary vignette. Sutton on there. Vignette. Mary Sutton was our first African American female engineer hired at Lockheed. Mm. Um, there is, uh, I think, Daryl is on there, mm-hmm. and and just and um, Wilbur Jackson is Wilbur. probably on there. Wilbur was one of the uh, pioneers. He was the one who established what we call now as. Um, um, the legal thing having to do with intellectual property laws. Oh, yeah. Yes. He started mm-hmm. a group at IBM who worked on those very laws. And if it hadn't been for that group, those laws wouldn't exist today. Wow. Isn't that, yeah. isn't that powerful? Now, you, you also help a young lady write a book. Remember, Jan wrote this book. And oh, I know Jan Atkins. Yeah, yes. talk a little bit about that if you can. Oh, Jen, she has written three books. That was her third book. And she had talked about Monterey, and then, and then she got talked about San Jose. But then in the San Jose book, she hadn't gotten to the technical side. And so I gave her some names of some of the people that I had knew and that I had put in. And she was able then to add a whole section on the, uh, tech, the technology, uh, or technologists mm-hmm. that are living here among us. But... Uh, well, there's another guy, um, Mark Hanna, uh, who worked for um, Silicon Graphics. 
uh, they uh, Michael Jackson used silicon graphics mm-hmm. tools in his videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have seen uh, what was it Star Wars. There's a lot of different mm-hmm. places that have used silicon graphics skills, and Mark Hanna was a co-founder of that. And that the, I, the, I read a book the other day or an article, and they were talking about silicon graphics, but they never mentioned this Mark guy. Hanna. They mentioned the other guy. So, and it, you know, you can't be mad at people and get things done. So my feeling is, I'm not angry. I'm just, I'm just determined to make sure that. We tell our story, and since no one has told it, then let's tell it our way. Man, so we I don't have that. a narrative that tells us who we are or what we did. We te- we're telling them who I, we are, what we did, why we did it. I, lo- I love that. I love that. Now, I have a segue, and this is a little shameless promotion on my part, but on Labor Day weekend, September 6th, we're producing something called the Silicon Valley Heritage Expo. Mm-hmm. And it's an opportunity. We have a history pavilion, and it's an opportunity for cultural folks to tell their story, their history, the way they want it told. So you'll probably hear something from me, Kathy, because I definitely want you, if not to lead that, to be a part of our team. And I'm I'm remiss that if I don't say something about the Black Legend Awards, because, um, as you said, there are so many different accomplishments that was done by African Americans in Silicon Valley. When I travel... Everybody knows about Silicon Valley, but a lot of people don't know who the black pioneers were that helped build Silicon Valley. Exactly. So so this Black Legends Award is coming up, and that's uh, February 15th, 2020. It's going to be at the Hammer Theater in San Jose. And if they want more information, contact our Black Chamber at blackchamber.com. But a little bit more about you, though. Um, Mm -hmm. I want to talk about what Stanford is doing with you because I was invited with you on a Saturday to come and talk about all the different relics and the things that we had that Stanford won us, wanted from us. Tell us a little bit about that. Okay. Well, Stanford, uh, the young lady I've talked about before that wrote the book about uh, Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. she saw my film. And I have to give credit to, um, oh, my goodness, I'll think of her name in a minute, mm-hmm. Francine Belson. Francine Belson, who is, was, is involved with the IEEE group, um, gave my information to this young woman and to Harry Lowood, who is the director of the archives at Stanford University. Mm. And they have been collecting archives about Silicon Valley from, uh, I guess, from the 60s. And again, they have had information about white folks, mm-hmm. but nothing about people of color. And so they contacted me because they saw the film and were blown away. They had, in fact, she said, I did my research on Hewlett Packard and and, um, Mr. Clay's name came up several times, but I didn't realize he was a black man. Uh, you know, I guess there were no pictures. I don't right. know. <laughs> but anyway, they have contacted me, and we have decided to team up together and and tell our history. I am going to. I'm working primarily on the technical side because truly, the our history is so broad. Yes. it would take hours and months and years to get it all down. So I'm staying on the technical side, but they are looking at all of history. I talked to, I haven't talked, but I've talked back, uh, emailed back and forth with Mr. Hicks, who runs the um, Legends, Mm -hmm. the Black Legends Mm -hmm. program. Aaron Hicks. Aaron Hicks. Aaron, yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, he mentioned that, uh, because I had said, you know, Stanford is looking for artifacts and things that they can put in their archives. 
And he said, well, he has these things, but they are for the black legends, and they are building a museum of their own. So I don't expect him to, you know, share that stuff right. with them, but I think he would be he would be great it would be great to have the two of them sit down and to enlighten these people even more because i can i can introduce them to people but i don't have everyone's history but i think aaron of all people in this valley has more history in in the tip of his finger than <laughs> you or i would ever think about so well i want to do this I hate to jump in. we're going to have to invite you back we only okay. got about maybe 10 more seconds, and, and I just want to say I want to thank you, Kathy, for being our guest today. We're out of time right now, mm-hmm. but we want to hear this show again. Go to blackchamber.com, click on radio and podcast. Remember, stay connected. You're listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections with Carl Davis Jr. and brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce. More information about today's show is available by going to the Chamber's website, blackchamber.com. That's blackchamber.com. Or call 408-288-8806. That's 408-288-8806. Copies of our podcast are available online at blackchamber.com. If you would like to know more about a specific guest or make recommendations for upcoming guests and topics, email info at blackchamber.com. Keeping you connected. Silicon Valley Business Connections.